Want 35% back on your next takeout order? Check out the Flues app and get three vouchers for 35% back. I'd recommend using them in $10 increments to maximize the cash back on each gift card and stacking it with a card like the Amex Gold to get an additional 10% off of your next Uber Eats or Grubhub order. Check out the app and get three vouchers by using the link in the show notes. Be sure to use them quickly because they expire. Thank you to Flues for partnering with this episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Sometimes there's just no good points route and you have to bite the bullet and get a cash ticket, especially if it's to a smaller airport. But it can be so expensive sometimes. If you are looking to save on a cash ticket, check out App in the Air. You can download the app for free using the link in the show notes and get 20% off of your next flight when you book directly through App in the Air by using the code GeoBreeze at checkout. Thank you to App in the Air for partnering with this episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. So with Air Canada in particular, theirs is revenue-based. So they kind of have like a dynamic thing going on. But with the Starlines partners, um, it's more so distance-based. Before, they had like an award chart, right, where it's essentially just set. And it's a little similar now, but it's more so distance-based with the airline partners. And then with Air Canada to be in particular, they work on more of a revenue-based program. So it's a little dynamic with them, which works out in your favor if you have the flexibility. Um, if you have certain dates that you absolutely have to go on, it's a little bit harder to work with a dynamic-based program. But if you have the flexibility, I have found tremendous success in utilizing the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to the dynamic structure. And then obviously with the Starlines partners, um, everything is distance-based now. So if you look into the program deep enough, you can certainly still find sweet spots, even with that distance-based um, uh, structure as well. Hey there, points people. You just heard a clip from Will Ballow. Will is a Canadian points enthusiast based in Toronto. By day, he's a business coach, and outside of that, he incorporates real estate investing as a side gig. In this episode, Will and I discuss all things Aeroplan, the shopping portal, redemption sweet spots, the generous lap child policy, and more. The great thing about Aeroplan is that most of the major flexible points will transfer to this program, including Chase, American Express, Built, and Capital One. Some of the most popular cards for these banks are the Chase Sapphire Preferred, American Express Gold, and Capital One Venture X, which are all linked in the show notes. Remember, please never apply for a card through Google. Always use a friend or creator's referral links. If you'd like to support this show when you get your next card, please visit geobreezetravel.com slash cards. And now, on with the show. Hey, Will. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hey, Julia. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you here today. and to talk all about sweet spots with the Aeroplan program, which I think a lot of people in the U.S. don't automatically think to go there to search for award space, but it's actually one of my favorite places to start looking whenever I need to book an award flight. But before we jump into all of that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into Points and Miles? Awesome. Well, you know, like I said, my name is uh, Will Ballow. I'm based here in Toronto, uh, Canada, and um to sum everything up, I actually came across a, a frequent uh, flyer, frequent travel blogger here in the Canada region a couple of years back. But backtracking even before that, 
Uh, a couple of years ago, I'm originally from uh, Nigeria, and a couple of years ago, my mom had uh, paid for me to fly business from Toronto to Nigeria. And that was kind of like my first introduction to the whole luxury traveling space. And then, you know, fast forward two years from that, you know, experience, I had come across a YouTube video. I was just scrolling on YouTube and I saw a YouTube ad from Prince of Travel. And I'm sure, you know, majority of your watchers, if they're Canadian based, at least, or even a bit of US based, you know, they've come across, you know, Ricky from Prince of Travel. That was my first introduction to him from a YouTube video. And I saw him, he was in an Emirates first class suite. And that itself, as soon as I saw that visually, I was already attracted. So then I took the 30 seconds to watch the video, ended up pressing, you know, watch more of that video. And that led me to his YouTube channel. And long story short, from that 30 second clip, it led me to watch about eight hours of his content on his YouTube channel. So that's kind of how I got introduced to the whole travel hacking, award booking, travel on points, you know, area. And then from there, I figured out that he was, you know, also to a Canadian. And so that led me to, you know, his Facebook group and the whole community. And from there, started learning more about you know, travel hacking and then also implementing it with credit card strategies and et cetera. So that's long story short, how I got, you know, involved into it and how I got introduced to the... What were some of the first cards that you opened when you were first getting into the game? And I know the cards are a little bit different in the U.S. versus Canada, but excited to hear what were some of the first cards you got and how did that kind of progress into, oh, I need to get even more cards to get more of these points? Absolutely. Yeah. So the first card I ever got, and it wasn't because I was completely knowledgeable. I just had picked a random card and applied for it and got approved. It was actually the, back in the day, it's nowadays called the, the Marriott card, the Marriott Amex. Back then it was the SPG card, right? So that was the first card that I got. And it was just cool looking. It was the burgundy looking card. I was like, wow, this looks pretty cool. So I had actually gotten it before learning more about the perks and offers that come with it. So that was the first one. And then that gave me a quick introduction to the, the hotel game, which, which was amazing because I was staying. Part of my work was you know traveling and staying at hotels. So that was the first card that I got and then got more into the, the flying cars, like the aeroplane cards and et cetera. Cool. So how did your journey with points and miles just kind of ramp up? Was it zero to 60 when you watched eight hours of Ricky's videos? Or was there kind of like a a ramp up period where you're like, okay, let's start slow. Let's like redeem for something small and then grow from there. Yeah. For me, it kind of was in alignment with my personality. Whenever I find something new, I go like 10 feet deep right away. And that's exactly what I did as soon as I figured out about, you know, travel hacking. And there's just so much excitement behind it. It's kind of like when you learn it, you can't unlearn it and you can't kind of, you can't mute your excitement when it comes to this type of stuff, right? So yeah, that's started off playing for one card. And then within probably like the first three to four months, I had found myself with like five cards kind of just back to back. So I just applied, 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 and I was getting approved, approved. So it just, it ignited the fire to keep going. So yeah, that was that, just applying for the cars. And then, you know, right away, I actually started redeeming some of the points that I had generated for travel, because like I said, you know, part of my work as a business consultant was traveling. So instead of paying cash for some of these, you know, trips, I thought, you know, utilizing the points for this specific use would be beneficial. And back then, because I didn't know much about, uh, you know, the, the appropriate cent per point valuations, I was kind of just redeeming them for anything because in my mind, it was close to free travel. 
So it wasn't until I learned more about you know, travel hacking that I understood the value in making sure that you're redeeming the points for appropriate travel and not just any travel. But when I first started, I was too much on the high of redeeming points. So I just redeemed it for anything. But yeah, it's uh, to answer your question directly. Yeah, I just went crazy to start and kind of just remained on that high the last you know three years or so. What were some of the worst redemptions that you had earlier on? One of the re- worst redemptions was actually for a hotel uh, downtown Toronto. It was the Marriott that is attached to the Blue Jays Center. So um, if there's any Blue Jays fans, they would know that there is a hotel attached right to the stadium. And at that time, I had redeemed, the cash rate was about, I believe about 175, right? But the point valuation, sorry, the the point redemption that I had redeemed for that was equivalent to 50,000 points, which is just an absurd amount to pay for something that I could have paid for $175 in cash. Had I known that back then, I certainly would have reversed what I did and just paid cash for it. But then again, I was just too caught up in the high of, you know, redeeming points that I've generated and saving myself money, not understanding or not realizing that those points could have taken me a lot further had I allocated those points elsewhere, right? So that that's certainly, you know, one of the, the worst redemptions <laughs> to date. I've seen that hotel just searching for different cool Marriott products and the points for it are not generally good, but the cash rate is pretty good, especially if somebody's looking for different travel tricks on how to save on going to sports games, your window is literally looking into the baseball stadium. Your bathroom is right there. You can bring in your own food and drinks. And if you have kids who are watching the game, you don't have to deal with parking. You just put them to bed right there. You can keep watching the game. So it's actually a pretty good setup. Just don't use points for it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, You can cram like, four people into this room. It's like having your own private box, just looking into the baseball game and you can cater in whatever food you want. So yeah, right. that's the best way of looking at it. Right. And you know, had I reversed back to that time, that's certainly what I would have done is kind of booked it around when the Jays were playing and then bring a couple of buddies with me, all jo- enjoy the experience together. Right. So that's something, uh, you know, looking forward that I'll always, um, do, especially when staying at that hotel. Awesome. So you said you earn most of your points just through normal work travel. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of just, you know, generic and miscellaneous spend that we do on, you know, advertising. Travel, of course, comes with part of it. But a bulk of it comes from the actual commute, right? Going from city to city or country to country. And then I would say a quarter of it comes from just just our advertising, right? And then if we're lucky enough, we're actually able to use our credit card uh, to pay for the advertising for some of our clients as well. Ones that just prefer not to use a credit card or they don't mind. So we're able to uh, generate spend, sort of generate points that way as well. Are you allowed to put your travel on your own personal card and get reimbursed or are you required to use a company card? Uh, So just for accounting purposes, we always use the company card, but because like uh, essentially it's my own business, right? So self-employed in that sense, we're able to kind of track that very easily. So majority of it is always on the, you know, company card for accounting purposes, but regardless of, you know, where it is, I try to always make sure that it's been put on the card where I'm generating the most amount of value per dollar per cent that's spent and then tracking it afterwards. So for me, my motto is kind of like put it on the card that generates the most value and then make sure that I have a back-end system to account for where all the expenses are going, especially running a business that's very important with the accounting, 
when I first started, I got caught up in just spending, 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 and not keeping track of where it's being spent. And as a business owner, as you would also know, right, it makes it an accounting nightmare, right? So definitely have a good system in place now with making sure that um, spending it on the right card, but also accounting for it in all the right ways. Oh, I can attest to that nightmare where I just used like my chasing business cash, which I also use for GeoBri stuff. But I was just going on like staples runs to get 5x points per dollar gift cards. And at the end of the year, just trying to comb that out of my QuickBooks was not worth the like amount of points that I got. Like if I value my time that I had to take with that headache, it was not worth it. So Yeah, something to keep in mind if you have a system to comb all of that out for you or just like getting multiples of different cards. If you have one under your social security number that you can use for nonsense staples run and then an actual one under your LLC EIN for real business purposes, that's probably a good way to go. And you get two sign-up bonuses that way. Exactly. (laughs) Cool. So what's your favorite redemption that you've ever gotten to take using your points? I would have to say the one that I did about uh, 18 months ago, bucket list trip. We had gone to the Maldives, which is, you know, obviously an aspirational goal for uh, most people, but I think it's a bit more sentimental when you're paying for it on points. And that's what made it that much more valuable. You know, I've been in this industry of, you know, redeeming points for the last, uh, I want to say three, four years now, right? So that was kind of like when I first started and started reading on the best places to go, you know, on points or on cash, you know, Maldives was always topping the list, right? So when I got the opportunity to redeem points for that, it was just like a dream come true in all the right ways. And I was able to bring my wife and my daughter with me. And we went just right before COVID was, you know, getting bad. So, I mean, it was a good and bad thing because for me, I like, you know, privacy and just places that are not so congested. And when we had went, it was like at the start of COVID. So obviously we took all the safety precautions and et cetera. But when we got there, there was like nobody there, right? So for me, that was kind of just a beauty because you didn't have to bump into people, see too many people, and it was just peace and quiet. So that was, you know, certainly it. We went to the uh, the JW Maldives, which was also, you know, a recommendation and hat tip to uh, Ricky from Prince of Travel. I had read one of his reviews on um, that specific resort in the Maldives. And, you know, at that time, it was a, almost a brand new resort. I think it was opened in 2018 or 2019 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So it was quite new, really nice in terms of the, you know, amenities, renovations, just the service there is just, it's unparalleled. As soon as you land off the seaplane, you get greeted by the entire resort staff. It was just, it was amazing. So if, you know, Maldives is... Um, a goal for anybody, I would certainly start with, you know, watching some YouTube videos on it, in particular, the reviews from people that have actually been there, um, because that can help attest to you going to specific resorts as opposed to as opposed to others. But yeah, to answer your question directly, that was by far the best redemption that I've done, you know, on points. And I couldn't imagine ever paying for that on cash. Um, that easily would have been between the flight and the hotel uh, a $15,000 trip. So to pay for that on points was uh, definitely a dream come true. What did you fly and how did you book it? Like what points did you transfer? Right. Yeah. So this one hits home because I had actually booked on the way there. We had actually booked business for all three of us, my wife and my daughter and I through the aeroplan program. Right. And at that, at that point we booked it before um, things kind of got a little 
confuzzled with Aeroplan, but back then uh, it was about 75,000 points per person. So collectively, yeah, about 225,000 points one way at Tiad, you know, business. And I looked at the retail value on that as well at the time that I was booking. And it was about $9,000 collectively uh, that we would have spent if we paid for that on cash. We flew Etihad there and then on the way back also used the Aeroplan uh, program. But we wanted to try different airlines so that we could get a taste of how the service is on different airlines. So we tried Lufthansa business on the way back. And, uh, you know, also good products, just not as comparable to, uh, you know, the Etihad business with the um, LifeLat private, you know, pods, Lufthansa, you know, as you know, it's kind of like that 222 configuration, which is good, I guess, if you're traveling as a couple. For us, you know, it wasn't as bad because we're traveling with an infant and just my wife. So it's kind of like our own private space, but just, yeah, they're all better business products out there, but nonetheless, it was still a great experience. So yeah, Etihad there and Lufthansa back uh, both business. Did you book Lufthansa by booking through Aeroplan as well? Yes. Yeah. So that one, I believe it was the the same amount of points roughly coming back and it was through the Aeroplan program. What are some other flight products that people can book through the Aeroplan Alliance? Right. Yeah. So one thing that I like about Aeroplan is that, you know, a lot of people, I guess, overlook it because they feel like it's just Air Canada and it's really not. <laughs> you know, obviously, if you've looked into the program, you know, deep enough, you would know that they have a lot of, you know, Star Alliance, you know, partners, right? Etihad being one, TAP Portugal, where else? Air India. Uh, so they have a, a lot of, you know, partners in general that hit, you know, major key areas, you know, all over, you know, the globe. So that, you know, being one, ANA is also another one fantastic product that they have, you know, going out of, you know, Vancouver on the west side of Canada hitting different areas in Japan. So yeah, they have, you know, dozens and dozens of, you know, airline partners. So it's definitely worth taking a look into the Air Canada program. I call it, you know, one of those hidden gems that even, you know, Americans are starting to take a hold of, you know, now. Prior to that, it was kind of like a uh, best kept secret here in Canada, right? Because uh, they just cover so much area, right? And at very reasonable rates as well. So I would definitely suggest, you know, you, you know, your audience, especially if they're coming from the American side, to take a look at United as another partner as well, to take a look at the Aero, Aero, uh, Aeroplan uh, program, because there definitely is a lot of sweet spots there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So actually with both, with short haul, um, it works in the sense where, you know, obviously if you're booking last minute, and this goes for kind of just any fare that you're paying for, if you were to pay for a cash, right? You kind of find yourself, for the most part, either paying really, really cheap for a last-minute fare or really, really expensive for a last-minute fare. But when you're in a dire need to travel, as my luck has it, I've always found myself paying a lot more for a fare if I need to book last minute, right? So what Air Canada has you know, done, you know, for the most part, is um, I kind of want to say that it's in the best interest of Air Canada that they switch the dynamic. But for us that are looking to, you know, exploit, I guess, loopholes for lack of a better term, or just exploit, you know, the best opportunities possible, we are actually able to kind of look at the uh, calendar in a broad view and kind of match up when Air Canada is having sales or when they are expecting, I guess, just low occupancy on their flights, right? And then match that up to what it would relate to on the lower end of the spectrum redeeming for points, right? So on the Air Canada website, you can actually see, you know, a couple months ahead, dependent on the uh, place that you're going to, of course, right, is like, what is 
a, a low cash fare versus mid high cash fare, right? And if you see something that's in the lower end of the spectrum paying cash, then automatically you would know that it relates to redeeming less points for it, right? So I always like using like Google flights to see if they are a low cash fare for a specific place. And then automatically I know to use those exact same dates for point redemptions because uh, it's the dynamic structure. So whatever is evidently low on cash, it'll be low on uh, redeeming for points as well. Awesome. And I know that Air Canada has some distance-based stuff too, right? Like if it's a very short hop and you're just going from Toronto to New York or something like that, where it's under 500 miles, then if you wanted an economy ticket for that, I found this on Ricky's blog. That's like 12.5 thousand points, which is super cheap. So I know that with like taxes sometimes, um, flying from Canada to the United States, it can be weirdly expensive. But if you can just do that flight for 12,500 points plus some taxes and fees, that makes it so much more affordable to hop across the border. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I found as well is like, um, I don't know if it's just Air Canada being like completely generous or if there's a quirk in the system, but I found that even with that distance based kind of chart that's there, if you play around with the dates, sometimes you're actually able to find it for, you know, a little bit cheaper, right? So I do truly believe that, you know, as low as the cash fares really go, the point redemptions do seem to match it quite accurately. So anytime you see like ridiculous deals from like Toronto to New York for like, you know, 99 bucks, you know, one way or something like that, it's reflective in the point values as well. Like sometimes it goes down to like 6,000 points. Uh, one way from Toronto to New York. So it's definitely worth, you know, keeping up to date. And it's really simple as well, right? If you go on Google flights, you can set up notifications uh, for specific, you know, destinations so that you're always alerted when price changes or anything like that. So as soon as you get the notification, you know to check the uh, redemption value for that as well. And then book a trip if you're looking to see some cost savings. For sure. Any other favorite sweet spots with the Aeroplan program that you love? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, domestic speaking, domestically speaking for, for Canadians, of course, and I'll speak to Canadians first and then kind of to the broad audience after, but, you know, for Canadians, there's, you know, a ton of sweet spots, you know, even just domestically and things that would traditionally cost a lot of money going from coast to coast of so going from even, you know, Halifax all the way to Vancouver, which is, you know, also the East coast to the West coast of Canada, cash fares, you know, doesn't matter who it is, right. Air Canada, WestJet, they are traditionally just very expensive, which is, I guess, one of the downsides of living in Canada, because I know in the U.S. it's quite cheap to travel from coast to coast. Uh, Canada, it's 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 a little bit, you know, different. It's, it's just really expensive for the most part, right? So, you know, on the Aeroplan program, you're able to do like coast to coast, if you look at it on a really good, you know, date, for about 20, 25,000, you know, points, which is Quite frankly, it's, it's a steal to travel, you know, coast to coast. And because here in Canada, we don't really have that many like low cost carriers like you guys do in the U.S. So it makes it harder for us to travel cheaply or sorry, or travel on a budget if you're paying cash. So now with the dynamic structure, it makes it um, a lot easier to source out those sweet spots and then take advantage as you travel coast to coast. And then obviously there's the uh, traditional sweet spots like traveling from here to uh, sort of here being Toronto to you know Vancouver, traveling here to Montreal. From here to Montreal, you can travel again on sweet spots. I've seen some dates 
traveling from Toronto to YUL, so to Montreal, for like 3,600 points one way, which is just a complete steal because 3,600 points is just, it's, it's almost nothing, right? And the 40 bucks in taxes. So that's good. And then even flying business from here to Vancouver, which is about, you know, a four, four and a half hour flight, I've seen business redemptions, you know, one away for 15,000 points, which is quite frankly, also a steal. So domestically, they are, uh, you know, a lot of sweet spots within Canada and even just in North America, you know, to begin with. And then just speaking, you know, on a broader view, you know, internationally, I still see the airplane program being a quite like a viable solution for people that are looking to utilize it because you can do like a Toronto or Vancouver to Europe for about 55, 60,000 points, you know, business one way, right? Which is a quite healthy, you know, redemption for someone that's looking to travel you know, to Europe uh, or even to, you know, Africa, you, you're looking at about 75,000 know, points, you know, on business. So there are quite the amount of options, right, to take a look at using the uh, aeroplan program and even just out of you know vancouver if you're looking to if you go to you know asia you know we're looking at about fifty-five thousand points you know on a and a which is a tremendous sweet spot in their uh, business class suite right so there's just ton of options dependent on you know where you are you know on canada traveling over to different parts of the world absolutely and the award space on Air Canada is a lot better as far as I've seen versus some other airline programs that I've tried to find sweet spots on where I'm like, well, there is this mythical unicorn of a sweet spot, Turkish Miles and Smiles business class for 12,500 points that I've never personally seen, but everybody loves to write about it because it's fun, sexy headlines. But with Air Canada, you can actually find these award space availabilities pretty easily. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I really like, you know, their calendar view and the fact that, you know, they just have so many Starlines partners, right? So they're able to kind of pull inventory and pull award space from, you know, different partners, which is, which is awesome. And the thing is that they are quite transparent with the, you know, award space. And there's a lot of different ways to kind of track down what's available and what's not, what's really like a ghost booking, what's not. Because I know, just as you said, you know, with the Turkish, you know, miles and smiles, nearly impossible to find award availability, you know, on there. And, you know, as you said, you know, a lot of people write about it, but tracking down the actual award space when you need it with that program is just quite difficult. So it's good to see that, you know, with, with the airplane program that they do hold quite a big, you know, market share when it comes to, you know, award space. So it gives, you know, all of us that are looking for the availability, a chance to actually book it. If you are listening to this episode thinking, I wish I could travel like this, but I don't know where to start. I offer free credit card consultations by email at geobreezetravel.com slash consultations. Additionally, I host a masterclass and group coaching session each month. You can find the links to sign up for the consultations, monthly masterclasses, and Patreon, which gets you access to the masterclasses and also recordings of all past events in the show notes. This week's Patreon shoutout goes out to Matt. Thank you so much for being a part of the GeoBreeze Travel Patreon community. Can you talk about the actual Air Canada product? Do you like their planes? How do you feel about the actual physical airplanes of Air Canada? Right. Yeah. So the hard product itself, I personally like it. Coming from, you know, being a Canadian, to begin with, we don't have many options as just, you know, Canadian carriers. So, you know, I think by far in regards to anything else that Canada offers, the business class products, specifically on the, you know, the Boeing 
you know, the Dreamliners, 789s, um, even the newly refurbished, you know, Airbuses, the 330s that have the, you know, the lie flat pods, pretty much, you know, one, 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 you know, configuration. They are, you know, tremendous, you know, hard product in regards to the, you know, soft product and uh, soft product being, you know, the actual, you know, service and the food and et cetera. It's, it, it's good for someone that is kind of being newly introduced to the, the the world of traveling, you know, on points. But when you start comparing it to, you know, other carriers like, you know, Gulf Air, which actually was just newly introduced as an aeroplane partner, completely excited for that. Or like an Etihad or Lufthansa, it's just, you know, it doesn't rank in the same pool of, you know, spectacular service. Not to say that Air Canada is not great. It's certainly, it, it's, it's great for starters, should I say, but they have a long way to go to kind of be, you know, on the same line as uh, some of our fellow I'd say companions in terms of good service in the, in the business class realm. So yeah, the hard product in terms of the actual product itself, you know, you certainly do get, you know, a serene level of privacy, you know, with the live flat pods, you know, enough uh, leg space, just body space in general. Uh, and then when it comes to the soft product, um, still good, but definitely needs some uh, improvement if they want to compete with the international carriers that offer a, uh, a far better experience. Uh, when it comes to business class. Makes sense. Speaking of international and different international routings, can you talk a little bit about the stopover perk on Aeroplanes program? Absolutely. Yeah. So nowadays I really like, you know, what they're doing now with the stopover program. They've eliminated, I believe about a year and a half ago, you used to be able to have a free stopover in North America even on, I believe it was one way or round trip bookings, but you were able to have a free stopover, you know, North America, which they've since eliminated. So a little bit sad about that, but you know, what they've newly implemented, I, I still believe is a, uh, it's a sweet spot if you're utilizing it uh, in the right way. And, uh, you know, especially when you're traveling internationally now, a lot of people are utilizing this, you know, in, in Europe that I've seen, you know, lately is you can add a stopover as long as it meets, you know, certain, you know, rules and restrictions with your itinerary, you can add a stopover for 5,000 points, which is still considerably, you know, uh, a good deal if you're looking to hit different places, you know, as well. And because you can do kind of like open job bookings, you know, as well, you're able to see different places for 5,000 points, you know, each as a stopover in, you know, in Europe or just international destinations, you know, to begin with. So, Nonetheless, that is still something to look into and something to utilize if you're kind of, you know, the person that likes country hopping, that's your opportunity to do so uh, for 5,000 points uh, as a stopover. Yeah, makes sense. And you have a small child that you travel with, right? I do. Yeah, she'll be three in June. Yeah. So I think one of the cool things that maybe a lot of people don't know about Air Canada is they are pretty good with lap infant fees compared to a lot of different airlines. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I'll use the example of when we went to, you know, to the Maldives. We didn't use Air Canada to, in particular, right? But we used one of the Star Alliance partners. And what we found that was really generous with the Aeroplan program to begin with is that up to two years old, on certain airlines, they actually travel for free. And then certain airlines, you just have to pay the taxes and fees which is, you know, a nominal amount and a reasonable amount in comparison to having to pay for, you know, a cost of a child, right? So that was, you know, really nice to take advantage of, you know, if you're traveling with a, a child under the age of, you know, two. And then even in regards to, you know, being an actual infant, 
if you look into the terms and uh, conditions as well, on some routes, right, they'll only charge you about 10% of what the revenue fare actually is, which is still a very reasonable amount, right? So imagine, you know, having to pay, you know, a thousand bucks for an economy ticket somewhere, you know, your commitment would only be a hundred dollars if you're traveling with, uh, you know, a lab infant. So they're very, you know, generous with traveling with the child to begin with. So it's, it's encouraging for people, uh, you know, like myself that, you know, wants to travel, you know, with, with, with children or even just infants, you know, to begin with, because we're able to do so at an affordable rate and it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg, right? Because it's, in, as you can imagine, if a child is traveling with you on your lap, it would be horrendous to have to pay for a full cost ticket for a child that's traveling literally on your lap, right? So what I really like about, you know, Air Canada and just their program to begin with is that they really welcome traveling with children and it's evident in their cost of, of, of doing so, right? So whether that be actually traveling for free on certain routes or just having to pay the taxes and fees or at, at, at its worst, having to pay 10% of a revenue fare, I think they're all viable solutions to be able to travel, you know, as a whole unit with your entire family without breaking the bank. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's awesome because I know that a lot of people always wonder, okay, what? Well, why do I have to pay like half the cost of a ticket if I'm not even taking up an extra seat for my baby who's traveling with me or anything else like that? So it's awesome to hear that there are programs like Air Canada where they just make it a lot easier or at least a lot more affordable to travel with children. Absolutely. Right. And so as far as earning points for Air Canada's program, you mentioned you earn a lot through business spend, and obviously there are different credit cards. In the U.S., it's great because you can transfer Amex points or Chase points or Capital One points all into Air Canada, so it's super easy. Are there any shopping portals or any other tricks that you like to recommend for earning extra points with Air Canada? Absolutely, yeah. And it hits home again with the you know Aeroplan program, right? Because they actually have something that's called the eStore which is really good because they have you know a ton of retailers on there, common retailers that you know you and I probably use on a weekly basis. So that's definitely one portal that I use for all of my online shopping. They actually partner up with you know Amazon as well, Uber Eats. So just you know day to day companies that you know we we tend to use, they actually partner up with. So it's good to know that you know every time I shop on you know Uber Eats, I'm actually generating some points, you know, for doing so. So little things like that, or if you're doing you know. If you're buying, you know, higher ticket items, like say, for example, if you have a construction company um, or anything like that, you know, I believe they also partner up with, you know, Home Hardware, which is, um, I'm not sure if they have it in the US, but here in Canada, it's, you know, pretty big, you know, retailer if you're in the construction industry, right? So just, you know, certain companies like that, I always say, if you're doing any type of online shopping, you want to see if the retailer is on the Aeroplan Air Canada e-store first, and then always... Know, kind of engraving it in your brain to make sure that you always go through the e-store before you actually purchase online because I made that mistake you know a couple times um, they even partner up with Apple which is you know really nice so whenever you're looking to do especially as a business owner when we're looking to right before year end put in all those expenses and we buy higher ticket items like you know computers or TVs or stuff like that you know the airplane e-store sometimes even has uh, point multipliers where it's like two times the points three times the points. Uh, around Black Friday, five times the points, right? So as you can imagine, you know, on a two thousand dollars spend, generating ten thousand points off five x, it's 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 tremendous for something that you would already be purchasing anyways. So it's not like you're going out of your way to do it. This is kind of like 
you know, the, the Air Canada's appreciation for shopping through them, they're essentially giving you points back. So as long as you don't forget to obviously shop through the e-store um, as you're online shopping, um, then it could certainly be a lucrative way um, to maximize the value that you're getting for the for the dollar that you're spending, right? So the e-store is, is amazing. Another one as well, which is not talked about as much here in Canada, but there certainly is value in it as well, especially if the retailer is not on the e-store. The second place that I go to is, you know, Rakuten, because in Canada, the, the focal point is not so much getting like MR points back from Rakuten, like it is in the US, but we get cash back, you know, here for the most part. So if I find that a retailer is not on the e-store, but it's on Rakuten, then I'd, I'll use Rakuten, you know, instead to at least get the one or 2% back on my purchase. Cause you know, every single dollar counts. And then, you know, at the end of, you know, the year or the end of every quarter, like Rakuten pays out, you know, you start seeing like a hundred dollar check here, a $200 check here, and it all adds up. Right. So it's good to know that every dollar that you're spending, you know, on your credit card is being accounted for in all the right ways in terms of just maximizing ROI, whether that be through the e-store or through Rakuten. So those are the two portals that I use for, for, for the most part. You mentioned that in Canada, the focus of Rakuten isn't so much to get the membership rewards points on Amex like it is here. Are you guys not able to have that option or why is it more of a focus on cashback? So as far as I know, and I could be mistaken as well, but I don't think on the Canadian side that we're actually able to get MR back, so membership reward points from Amex. So I've just been pretty much getting cash back this whole time. If they have, that must have been something just completely new or something that just completely has been over my head. But I'm pretty sure I'm quite accurate on that, that the only available you know, output that we have for redemptions is just cash back for Canadians at the moment. I'm so sorry that you don't have the MR points option. For anybody listening to this in the U.S., if you have Rakuten and an American Express credit card like the Platinum or the Gold or something that earns membership rewards points, change your Rakuten settings to earn the membership rewards points because you'll get about $0.02 per dollar, $0.02 per point redemption rather than just like the 1% cash back with Rakuten. But, oh, I'm so sorry you guys don't have that option in Canada. That's true. I know. Sad part of being Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we kind of wrap up here, is there anything else about the Aeroplan program that we haven't covered that you'd like to highlight? No, I think we've pretty much captured all of it. You know, some of the sweet spots, both domestically and internationally. Flexibility of the, you know, the award space, you know, as well. Another thing that actually, one thing that I want to touch on is, their generous, you know, policy when it comes to being flexible, right? So, um, booking through the airplane, you know, program, you have different depending on the fare type that you choose, right? You know, you'll have the flexibility of having things that are refundable versus non-refundable. So it's good to have that flexibility, you know, as well, even when you're booking on points. Because if you're not too sure if you're going on a trip or not, there are options where, yes, it'll cost a little bit more points to begin with, but you know, you save yourself the half hassle of not being able to get your money back and get your points back if you can't go on the actual trip. So it's good to know that, you know, when you're booking on points as well, you have the flexibility, depending on the fare type chosen, to cancel and get, you know, your refund back in its entirety or a partial amount, right? So the flexibility with the Air Canada, you know, Airplan program is by far one of the best, it definitely ranks up there with flexibility. 
when you're booking as well. So primarily just for that reason, I would prefer actually booking on points than booking a fare on cash, right? Because with cash, and I'm sure we've all seen this through COVID, right? It's like once these airlines got a hold of our actual money, it takes such a long time to get a refund back, right? But for whatever reason, and you know, it, I'm sure some people will agree with this as well, it's a little bit easier, right, to get your points back when you're uh, looking to cancel it as opposed to, you know, trying to get your money back if you booked on a cash fare, right? So just another thing to look into is, you know, look to book with your points, you know, when you can, because there seems to be a lot more flexibility there. Awesome. So with everything that you've learned about Air Canada, transfer partners, everything, what would you say is your number one piece of advice for listeners today that can fit on an Instagram quote card? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a ton of things, but I guess to, you know, sum it up is don't get, especially if you're, you know, new to the, you know, industry or, you know, a little bit well-seasoned, you know, don't get wrapped up in the idea of FOMO, like, you know, I was, because there will always be, you know, fear of missing out. There'll always be like another offer, another card that's coming out. You don't have to, you know, apply for every single card every single time. It just, because it just doesn't work out that way. Right. I think when you're looking at your, upcoming travel, you know, aspirations, right? You have to align your applications or uh, align some of your spending on specific cards depending on where you intend on going and who you intend on going with in terms of the amount of people. So I think everyone has their own specific, uh, you know, travel goals and you have to align your plan according to your goal, not just applying for every shiny object that comes you know, out because not all of them are viable options for your end goal, right? So I think at the end of the day, it's just, you know, suit your needs um, accordingly, right? And then tailor a plan to get there for your specific needs. So that's pretty much it, right? It's just don't get shiny object syndrome, right? Because as that happens with everything else, it happens with, uh, you know, in this game of booking on points as well. Absolutely. Don't get FOMO. Don't get shiny card syndrome. Stay away from all of that. That is fantastic advice. And speaking of fantastic advice, can you give a shout out to somebody else who listeners should go follow for awesome points and miles tips? Absolutely. Well, you know, if you're coming on this podcast and you obviously don't know uh, Julia, and I'm sure you do already, or else you wouldn't be on this podcast. Um, she is, you know, definitely, you know, a go-to resource for points, miles, and everything, you know, in between when it comes to booking on uh, points or just extracting the best value, you know, on credit cards. So she is uh, definitely uh, one to follow and continue following as I personally do. For my fellow Canadians, you know, Ricky from, you know, Prince of Travel uh, has been an inspiration to me and, you know, hundreds of different, you know, individuals, you know, across, you know, Canada as well. So uh, those are the two that, you know, I'd like to, you know, shout out. And then just, you know, another hat tip to, you know, some of the people that I also follow, you know, on Instagram, you know, straight to the points. He's also a very good, you know, resource, you know, as well. And then, yeah, there's, there's a ton, but I think I've, you know, covered the, the, the couple that, that I follow on a daily basis. Awesome. And where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, Will Ballow is, you know, my name. It's also my Instagram handle and my Facebook name too. That's where you can find me at Will Ballow on Instagram. And there I share, you know, a lot about, you know, family travel and, you know, pretty much where I go and how I go, you know, travel across the world in my business, but most primarily, you know, how I travel for work on points, right? So that's where you can find me, Will Ballow on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you, Will, so much. This was such an informative episode about Aeroplan's loyalty program, Air Canada. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. 
Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly masterclass hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreezetravel.com hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care and happy travels.